0: You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro
1: Show. All right, and good afternoon. Right now it's 12.05 on this. uh, What a delightful spring day, my goodness, folks. God is good. It's the John DePietro program. And uh, Boston Globe, uh, uh, well, writer, excuse me, Dan McGowan is going to join me. Coming up next hour, Governor Armando press briefing. How about Governor Armando? highest approval rating of any democrat governor in the country folks boy it is amazing how things can change in a short amount of time this portion of the program is brought to you by yankee tree you know you can call yankee tree at 439-6028 they are fantastic yankee tree 439-6028 or they uh you can send them an email yankee tree at gmail.com Tree trimming experts get a quote, tree removal since 2006, and they do it all. uh, Tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, bobcat service. They do emergency service. They do cleanup. They're performing tree removal services all over Rhode Island, both residential, commercial, licensed arborists. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service they will provide stump grinding. Uh, Tree pruning also, which is very, very important. And, again, they're professional uh, arborist. So whether it is you need land cleared or a cleanup, anything like that, debris removed, Yankee Tree. Folks, they are fantastic. Call them 439-6028. If someone would be so kind, good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Type in their phone number under the comments, Yankee Tree, 439 6028 439-6028, you want to make sure, listen, this is the time, invest in your property, invest in your, pro- you know, all of your property, not just your home, but your property, but Yankee Tree, I am such a fan and believer, they're professionals, they're tremendous, maybe you need a tree removed, or maybe stump grinding, or maybe just need your property cleaned up a little bit, or emergency services, while well that can happen, Yankee Tree, 439 6028 439 6028 or you can send them an email yankeetree at gmail.com well folks I uh, communicate with a lot of people during this and my next guest he is a business person that's been impacted by this and I've been uh, communicating with him back and forth through email and I invited him to be on he's a Rhode Island business owner and I want you to learn a little bit more about him and his name is uh, Judah good afternoon Judah hey John how you doing I'm very well. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, so, John, I um, my name is Belay. I own Northern Rhode Island Strength and Conditioning at uh, Norris Risk CrossFit. Um, we're located in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Um, I've owned the business since 2013. Um, actually, June first would be our seventh year of uh, our seventh year anniversary. So.
1: Um, that's that's the, the very basics about me. Tell give us a little bit of where, where are you in Smithfield? Just so people have some landmarks. I want people to say, oh yeah, I know where they are. So um, the the biggest landmarks
2: um, we are right on one sixteen, um, right near Navigan Credit Union. Um, yep. A lot of people know where Blackie's Bulldog Tavern is. Yes, um, their new location, we're like two doors down from there, we're directly across the street from Smithfield Peak. Um, You know, right in that.
1: that one sixteen Route Seven intersection um, in Smithville. That's a great growing area, by the way. That's a tremendous area that has seen growth. So, tell us, Judah, a little bit how you were operating prior to this whole thing, and then where do things stand, you know, now? Because it sounds like if you've been doing this for seven years, you know, it takes a while, but you build up a following. You get regulars. People are very, very loyal uh, to where you know they work out or different types of workout facilities. And you, you know, CrossFit that just absolutely exploded. So take us through what you know, what has, where you were prior to this happening.
2: So prior to the current situation, um, we had a um, a pretty solid business. Um, we were expanding. Um, we had a um, our CrossFit gym. We were doing personal training. I also had a sports performance um, facility, and I was beginning to grow my corporate wellness. Um, accounts as well. I had several um, corporate wellness accounts, and we were doing, um, we were running the fitness operations over at Colette um, Vacations in Pawtucket. We were in charge of that. I had staff over there. Um, we were doing um, other um, other programs with uh, Neighborhood Health Plan and some other local small businesses as well. So we had a pr- uh, we had a growing business, um, and since this, um, we've lost all of our corporate accounts. Um, we are probably not going to be reopening the sports performance facility, at least at the very beginning, just because the overhead's gonna to be too large. And we've had a substantial loss in terms of memberships um, and money on the CrossFit side of things. Oh. So it's, it's impacted us pretty significantly.
3: Um, I don't want to talk into a dollar amount, but the dollar amount for, you know, it's,
2: it's been at least, uh, the dollar amount loss is gonna be close to 16% of our annual
1: gross revenue. Wow. Now, and one of the problems that, that, from what I understand, is that you fall under um, the gym category, but there's a huge difference. Say what you're doing compared to like a workout world.
2: Oh, oh definitely, definitely. We have a very controlled environment. So you know, those the larger gyms have like uh, multiple hundreds and thousands of members. And people are just faces. I know each one of my members um, on a personal level. Um, I know their name, and I know a lot more about a lot of them. You know, our membership is—you know—it it was around uh, 180 to 200 people, um, and I knew everybody. Um, we have a very controlled environment. You know, um, we we probably one of the cleaner um, cross the gyms um, in the state. We have people coming to clean every night. And we, we really care about our members, and we, you know, we offer, it and we try to do our best to offer them the best product possible, um, and that includes cycling like, facilities. Um, it's a very controlled environment, you know, and that that's the main thing. Which, and it's, it's a community environment, which is one of the main things which differentiates us from one of the bigger box gyms.
1: Now, what what can be done? Because unfortunately, you're under the category, Judah, of um, of a gymnasium. You're not a gymnasium. But unfortunately, I, I just don't know when, you know, what are you hearing or do you have an idea of how, you know, like, for instance, if you could talk to Governor Amundo, what, what would you tell her? Right. So I'm not sure if you had a chance to read the uh,
2: that I, I included in one of our emails, like the opening plan, just to ensure the safety and well-being of our members and as well as, you know, to prevent any bit of um mitigating factors for risk of, of viral transmission and you know just to, we you know this this past weekend um you know i was in, in smithfield and the smithfield commons there was a zoo there and i was in home depot and there were hundreds of people in home depot at the time i was there and i have no clue who anybody was that i came with the contact there and you know i filled up not only my girlfriend's car but my car this weekend with gas and we touched the gas handle and I don't know how many hundreds of people have touched that gas handle before me, you know, to when they pump their gas. And I don't think I don't even know if they ever clean those. you know? Right. Good um, point. My, my environment, my environment. When you come into the gym, especially with the plans we have in place, and you know, John, I not only do I speak for myself, I speak for all the other micro gym owners, right? Because we all fall into the same category, and we all have the same ability almost every single variable when somebody steps into my gym. Oh. You know, um, we have two good garage doors, so we have a lot of ample airflow. But we, when people step into my gym, I know who everybody is in every class. And I can tell you who was in class uh, every hour of a, a year ago. You know, so, like, if, if I needed to contact trace somebody back 12 months, I could contact trace 12 months ago. Sure. I... I know everybody in every class and every day, so we have a very controlled environment in terms of contact tracing. We have it so that when our members walk in, they sanitize their hands with hand sanitizer. They're going to go to a station. They're going to get their workout in, right? So they're going to still be part of the community. It's just going to be a little bit different. We're trying to be as flexible as possible to what the state requirements are going to be. And the equipment, as soon as they're done, is going to be disinfected. So for the next person coming in with sanitized hands, they're gonna be touching sanitized equipment. And after the workout, so the floor, and everything is gonna get sanitized in between clients, they're gonna leave a different door and they're gonna sanitize their hands when they're leaving. Anytime they're not in their grid, they're gonna have to have masks on as they move about the gym to get equipment or whatnot. So as one group's leaving out one door, we'd have the next group coming in the other door to set up and get ready for the class. So everything's very controlled. Everything's gonna be very clean. Every night we're gonna sanitize um, the floor and all and, and the facility and everything's gonna be very controlled. We have the ability, more so than any big box retailer, to to control all the variables which are, you know, which the you know, which the governor is saying that things need to be controlled, which these big box stores, which I've
1: been allowed to open, have no ability to control. Hmm. So, and that's like the frustrating part. Yeah. Now, so, for me. I was, um, and again, folks, good afternoon. This is one of those situations. It's tough because, to me, the way that you've been successful is you carved out a niche within an industry. And But then as you call it a micro gym, but then as as something like this happens, suddenly you're thrown under the category of a giant regular type of gym, and that's really not the case. And it, it's the same type of thing, Judah, of um some of these people that maybe have – and I, I think there's a story in this woman that owns – she has a small cycling studio. And I think she maybe – I don't remember exactly, but something like 15 or 16 bikes. Now, you could easily – operate something like that safely um but the, the problem is it all comes under the umbrella of the gym now i was also asking you an email is there any way you could do some of the things you do outside as opposed to inside because that seems to be a big part of this equation people need to understand that a lot of the things they want to do i think you're going to get a yes and you're going to be allowed to do it if in fact you find a way that you could do it outside Right, so yeah, we definitely
2: could run some classes outside. Um, it does make things a little bit challenging in terms of like the equipment and what you can do with the equipment. Bring sure. it outside in the parking lot. Yep. Um, but we have like, but we have like these two big, like fifteen foot by fifteen foot garage doors. So the amount of airflow inside, it's essentially like being outside for us at least. You know, mm. I can't speak for every gym. Yep. But we have that ability to like, you know, where like we can almost make the outside. Uh, you know, or the inside as part of the outside because of the airflow we have, and you know, and we have a big we have a big space, so we could definitely operate. You know, when the weather is conducive to operating outside, and then if the weather is not conducive, we could still keep the garage doors open and bring people inside. Um, you know, and to be clear, like I look at this from several different levels. You know, not like I'm a small business owner, and I, I'm looking at it from the level of you know I put seven years of sacrifice. And you know, um, my blood, sweat, and tears, and my finances into this business, which is supporting not only me but my two young boys. Yep. Um, but I also look at this from a scientific perspective because, you know, I was going—I was—I have a master's in pharmacology, toxicology. I was going for my PhD in toxicology. It, the cards didn't play out for me to finish my training, but I also have that big. Science perspective, and I'm looking at vector transmission and how and what I can do to mitigate risk within my facility. And I'm taking every necessary precaution um, that that I can. And one of the things about you know respiratory viruses is that the the respiratory transmission of them decreases in the summer because the water droplets become a lot smaller.
3: Yep. Um, because of the, the humidity
2: and stuff. And the main vector for disease transmission for a lot of these viruses in the summer is fomite or objects. Now, if my objects inside the gym are being sanitized from client to client, I've now just mitigated the risk of that disease transmission. However, if somebody touches something, at, you know, somebody goes into, say, a Walmart pick, and, and picks up a box of crackers, puts that box of crackers down, and doesn't buy it, Nobody knows who touched that box previously to them.
1: Good point. You know, if
2: somebody touches somebody touches that gas nozzle, you know, you don't know who's touched it before you where their hands have been and whatnot. You know, if, you know, the one of the things like if somebody pushes that portage on door at the beach when it's open on Monday, huh. nobody knows, you know, who's who's touched those door handles. So like we're removing all those touch points. Right. And the only thing people are gonna be commonly touching is going to be the equipment. But the equipment's going to be sanitized before they touch it, and the equipment's going to be sanitized after they touch it, and they're touching it with sanitized hands. So we've kind of really, for the summer especially, taken out the main transmission vector for, for respiratory viruses with our cleaning protocols. Right. You know, and then... The other frustrating piece is looking at it just from somebody who has, as an individual, I look at health and wellness on both the physical and mental perspective. And I've made an investment of my time to keep my body healthy and well through exercise. And cigarettes, alcohol, vape, and fast food, four things which have been known to be deleterious to health, have been known to be deleterious to like, if somebody did contract COVID, these things have been allowed to be sold nonstop since we've been in shutdown or, you know, and my business has been closed. Hmm. And, you know, here I am offering a service and a product to not only combat somebody's, to increase somebody's physical well-being, create right. some, enhance somebody's mental well-being. And I'm being told that that's not essential and we have to wait. Yeah. And that's extremely frustrating.
1: And I want to just also let people know. I, I've even said to Judy, you should just try to open in some way. But, you know, listen, you're a responsible business owner, and you even said, insurance wise, you would not be covered if you open. So that's certainly not a risk. Who is, is there anyone advocating in your behalf, for instance? Who's the uh, council person in that area, or who's the rep in there? Um, what type of guidance are you hearing from either the Department of Health or business, Department of Business Regulation?
2: So, um, well, I've been in touch with everybody <laughs> and anybody yeah. um, that I can. Um, the biggest advocate right now has been the lieutenant governor. Um, I've been on some of his Facebook lives multiple times. He's really advocating for all small business. He hears yep. our plea. Unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't have much voice. Um, and, you know, he's been a big advocate of small businesses, and especially he's coming out with something this week where, like, if the state's forcing us to remain closed, the state should be compensating us for our expenses mm. um, so that we can maintain staying open, especially since we have that federal money available. Yep. Um, outside of that, I've re- I reached out to the Department of Health. You know, I, I, I showed you the, um, that seven page document with yes. my reopening plans. Yep. I submitted that to the Department of Health. I submitted that to the Department of Regulation, Lieutenant Governor's Office, Governor's Office, my town council, my town manager, and the commerce RI. Um, I have tons of my members advocating for me. Um, and this is, goes not just for my gym, but all these micro gyms have right. the same thing. They've been doing the same thing in terms of talking to their state reps, sending their plans to the, uh, the Department of Health, talking to the Department of Business Regulation. And we're all just not getting clear communication about when we're going to be able to reopen. If we're being classified with big box gyms, and that's oh. the most frustrating thing, right. has been the lack of communication. Like my well being, my business is being is, is shut, and my financial well being relies on my business, and and my business future relies on what the on the governor's communication to this segment of the industry, and there's been no communication, oh. and that's that's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I coach rugby at Bryant University, I'm the men's head coach there, and the, the two things I have to make sure, I ensure that I do to them, is I have to communicate and I have to be consistent. Right. Those two things, if without those two key components, I would lose my team. Mm. And when I don't communicate and when I'm not consistent, I can see it because I can see it and the, pl- the way the players respond to me. Right. And those are the two things that, like, I ask for any government official consistency and clear communication. And, you know, it's frustrating because we're not... Our segment and in the industry is not getting that right
1: now. Hmm. Well, listen, Judah, uh, it's good to talk to you. I wanted to give you a platform to tell your story, try to get some answers. Um, a lot of this seemingly would have to be Separating the umbrella from a gym to a micro gym. Um, and just the, you know, listen, on the one hand, you're to be commended because you saw an opening in the market. You executed a business plan. It was a successful business plan. It's not easy to run your own business. You did that. And then now it's not even a matter of, you know, competition. You've literally been shut down and no one can compete with that. So uh, behind the scenes, I will try to work. I think the the bottom line is just they need they need a response and a plan for these. You're not alone. There are people like you and they need a plan of how businesses like yours can can reopen and reopen safely. But I give you tremendous credit. Uh, I will be in touch with you. I want to try to advocate on your behalf. So uh, hang in there. I know that's not easy. But you got a lot of fans out there and um and we will be in touch, Judah. All right, John, thank you very much. All right, folks, there he is. Again, that is um boy, that is a tough, tough situation of um of exactly what the uh Wow, that is a tough one. This portion of the program is brought by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Folks, call them today, 401-710-7096. Now, remember, if your appliance is dying, you're inside. Have you been inside this entire time and your appliances aren't even working? I didn't get an email from someone like that. The entire time they've been quarantined, the microwave's been broken. And they also, someone else sent me an email that their dryer was not working. They go out and use the clothesline. I'm sure the neighbors love that. Folks, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Come on. He is competent. He also, you know, he's got the mask. He's got the sanitizer. 401-710-7096. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Now, I've told the story that uh, one morning I went to use the clothes dryer and it wouldn't turn on. So, uh, so what did I do? I called Ryan and then suddenly I saw a truck appear in the driveway. He said, "Juan, I'll be right out. Boom. He fixed the dryer in about five minutes. Uh, maybe your washing machine is not working properly. Call Ryan 401 710 7096. Now listen, I understand that maybe you're skittish about letting someone into your home, but it's just Ryan. It's just him. He operates a small crew owner owner operated. He's out on every call. I trust him. I trust his dad. I trust uh, he is sometimes, maybe sometimes there's one or two people with him. But a lot of times he's solo. I called him when uh, the oven was not working. Wouldn't heat up. Jacqueline Claire couldn't make cookies or brownies or anything like that. I called Ryan. Boom. Fixed the oven in about five minutes. And then um, he's my first phone call. Plus, Saturday appointments are available. He'll work in Rhode Island or Massachusetts. Wherever you can hear me, if you've had an appliance suddenly not working... Can you imagine, like someone said, so they just stopped using the microwave? Boy, there's a solution. Or you could call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I want to play for you. Last night was uh, Channel 12 did a uh, town hall meeting, and they had um, Senators Reed, White House folks. Again, good afternoon, everyone, at 1228, it's John DiPietro and... Uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe coming up at one o'clock. But I want to play for you where, you know, there's this feeling that in Rhode Island, you want to talk about putting all your eggs in one basket. It really comes down to that the Rhode Island General Assembly, their plan is they're hoping that Congress is going to bail them out. If Congress does not bail them out, then there's a lot of problems because there's no plan B. And one of the things that uh, Senator Reid was asked about this last night. Again, Channel 12. I'll not them the credit, they did a uh, town hall meeting with our Washington delegation. And I want to hear you play for you the question to Senator Reid and then his uh, his answer from Governor from Governor last Mundo night. Senator said she wants to wait and see what happens with federal assistance before they start to really work on the budget because it's such a large poll and she's hoping that, that more money will be delivered. But, Is it time for state leaders in Rhode Island to start making contingency plans if, you know, if if Mr. McConnell and the Senate Republicans have not decided to put more state aid forward by the time the fiscal year is over? Well,
0: I think first, uh, the federal uh, treasury department has to be more flexible with the $1.25 billion that has already been delivered to Rhode Island. And I once again delivered that message today to Secretary Mnuchin at the Senate banking hearing.
1: But it doesn't sound like he's, he's, he's coming around to your point of view.
0: Uh, I, I hope he comes around to my point of view because it's, uh, it's a point of view that is shared by Republican and Democratic governors, by uh, people throughout the country and I think frankly I, uh, I think uh, Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve was also sympathetic although he didn't choose to comment but that's a critical aspect If that could be clarified within weeks that would give the state uh, much more clarity in terms of their own budget I think also too is that with the pending Legislation which the House passed, and Jim and David did a remarkable job getting it through with their colleagues, uh, if we could accelerate that and get that done in a reasonable period of time, then before the June 30th fiscal year deadline in Rhode Island, they would have more clarity, more uh, ability to, to program funds. Uh, it very well might be, and again, this is a function of the delay that's being imposed by McConnell and others simply because they, they don't want to deal with it, that delay is complicating the situation around tremendously uh, because they're they're wondering if they'll have additional resources they might have to go ahead and put together some type of contingent budget for the following year with opportunities or or mechanisms which to incorporate federal funding that becomes available but time is of the essence and Rhode Island's not alone there are states all across this country who are facing the same dilemmas that Rhode Island has and I hope as I've said before That will encourage their senator to stand up and say, we've got to do something, and we've
1: got to do it quickly. And I hope that's the case. Well, folks, again, that was uh, last night on uh, Channel 12, and you could hear, good afternoon, everyone. It's John DiPietro. You could hear uh, Senator Reid, and I think that is, um, it kind of puts the state, I think, in a little bit of a dangerous situation, because I know someone was saying to me, well, it's really not a lot of money. Well, it's not that. It's the principle. It's the percentage Of how much money? It is true other states would need a lot more money, but it's 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 done in percentages. So someone someone was saying to me, "Well, you know, Rhode Island only needs one billion dollars." Well, right, but there's also no Republican that's advocating for us. Uh, Senator Reid already did get the one billion, and I'm just I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to do that. And and certainly, you know, all the irresponsible. Budget items that uh, Speaker Mattiello. Like, here's the thing. Why should Washington? Now, we are federal taxpayers, right? You and I. Why, why should Washington bail out Mattiello because he hands out no-show jobs to some of his friends and friends' kids at the Statehouse? Why should they bail them out like that? Why should they bail out the uh, uh, the prison guards at the ACI? That completely milk and gouge the system where you prison guards because of overtime are making $200,000 in overtime. Why, why should they do that? Do you think Washington is going to do that? What, why Why would they do that? I mean, it's one thing they have the political clout here in Rhode Island that they're actually able to pull that off. But I, I, I'm just at a loss as to why in Washington they're going to then, okay, we know you've been making terrible business decisions. But we're going to bail you out. Now, folks, right now, we're going to talk to Rick Simone in just a moment. He represents the coalition of the restaurant owners. But right now at 1233, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe joining me coming up at one. Governor Armando, press briefing at 230. I will be on Facebook Live prior to the governor's briefing. So just an alert to everybody on uh, Facebook. This portion of our program is brought to you by Soul Source Restoration, Coronavirus Cleaning Disinfection Service for your business. Now, if you have a business or you own a building, right, or you're a commercial landlord, there's no one better. Listen to what I'm telling you. There's no one better than Coronavirus Cleaning Disinfection Service of Rhode Island than Soul Source, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. I'll tell you how competent they are. Number one, CDC approved. Number two, their post cleanup. Number three, the microthermal fogging electrostatic spraying equipment. How good and how effective is sole source restoration? This is the company that the state uses for the nursing homes when they have an outbreak. And then, boom, they kill all the germs. This is the company that Washington I know for a fact our congressional delegation have recommended them. This is the company recognized by the Trump administration as one of the most effective companies in New England for coronavirus cleaning disinfection service. There's one company, Sole, S-O-L-E, Sole Source Restoration. You can call them home, business, school, a building, anything, restaurant, 401 401-712-2700. Seven twelve twenty seven hundred. 712 2700 It's Mike's EP. You can go online, Soul source restoration or call them 401-712-2700. The, the best. They're, they're one of the few companies, only six in the country that have the type of a cleaning equipment they have and it's Soul source restoration. All right, let me get uh, Rick Simone folks on the line with us. He is um, the person that has started the situation with the the restaurants and getting them Organized in that fashion. And so uh, let me uh, get him uh, on the line. I know he's heading to a meeting, but we'll uh, speak to our friend, uh, whoop, one ringy dingy, uh, Rick Simone. Hold on, let me. Uh, hey, Rick, John DiPietro, stand by, okay? Hold on, Rick. I'm going to put you on the air with us right now. Folks, joining us, he is the guy that started the, the coalition. I know you only have a couple minutes, Rick Simone, but you're live on the radio. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us the latest now? I think your list is up to 200 restaurants.
3: Yeah, I believe that as of this morning, there's probably, I think it's over 220, 220 30 somewhere around there. Oh, wow. Um, and it's, I'm sure it's gonna to continue to grow. It's, you know, when we when we got the word out and from the people we were working with, it consistently kept spreading and the messages were consistently the same on what people's needs were. But the whole purpose of this, and again, I want people to understand the coalition that we formed is not just restaurants. You I know, mean, I've got salons, retails, even lawyers and doctors that are all part of it. and. It was formed for us to be able to help each other, advocate, bring our ideals and passions together and support each industry as we go through these phases. And I think that's part of the reason it started to continue
1: to grow like this. Now, Rick, one of the things, though, it seemingly is the restaurants. And what what exactly is the coalition looking for?
3: So at this point, we're looking, I mean, overall, we've been in conversation with Commerce on, on a regular basis. And. To be very fair, Secretary Pryor, Matt Sheep and their team have been really, really communicative. They really have spoken to us and put it out there. But there was a general overall feeling that we needed to touch base with our guests and let our guests know that this is what we needed to stay open, to stay successful. And we were seeking their support. This letter was directed to the guests to gather their feedback. And as of early this morning, I would say that You know, it's around 70-ish percent of the feedback we're getting is positive and supportive, and 30 percent of it is people that still have concerns and are nervous, and we have to respect their
1: opinions and their thoughts. Mm. Where um, Where do things stand now? You know, 1149, the closing of that restaurant, Rick Simone, that got a lot of people's attention. Uh, I've been there countless times. And the thing about that is they poured a lot of money into that place. It's uh, beautiful inside. It's perfectly situated. I mean, you come right off of Route 4. If you go straight, you crash into it. It's next to the showcase. It's across from an incredibly busy plaza of uh, Dave's and East Greenwich. It's right on the East Greenwich-Warwick line. If someone like that throws in the towel, that that's – and you know what? Every day when people come off that Route 4 exit – and boom, they're right there. It's going to be a reminder that 1149 is closed.
3: And unfortunately, that you know that caught, like you said, a lot of people's attention, and it's really concerning to us. So put it in the context of this, John, that it's no different. Businesses have no different of a financial schedule than individuals. Come June 1st, your rent, your mortgage is due, utility bills, loans, insurance, you name it. And that's the situation that we're facing, and that's where this June 1st deadline came up, is that by that point we're at two and a half months of indoor closure and these other things are not enough to sustain getting past that so if we don't get to this date there's a real possibility you could see twenty, thirty restaurants in a matter of a day announcing the closures we just lost our first permanent restaurant on federal hill yesterday that's going to be closing and not
1: reopening and which one is that i'm afraid that Which one? Um, Anthony's Authentic Italian. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, the rent thing, Rick, you know, the rent is everything. Whether or not a restaurant is going to make it or not depends on how much they are charged per square foot for the rent. So when you play with that mix... They just they know their margin. They know how much they need to make in order to make it based on the rent. And if I'm a restaurant owner and I've heard of another high profile one, I won't give it away, but their rent, their lease is up June 1st. If they if they have to decide whether or not they can make it, they do have an outside section, but it's not a huge section. And so a lot of people need to understand that then they didn't go into the business to do takeout or just have a couple of tables outside. They depend on the way I understand Rick Simone is basically 75 percent of their dining room needs to be full.
3: Yeah, every seat has a dollar amount. Every seat right. in a restaurant has a dollar amount. <clears throat> you know, this is where it's coming down for us to to be as creative as we can. It, none of us are saying that we don't think there needs to be restrictions or thoughts to how it goes inside. That's furthest from the, the stance. But what it is is we need the time to prepare with what those restrictions are going to be so that we can maximize as much space as we can. And right now you're seeing, uh, you know, approximately 30 percent of the restaurants statewide are doing outdoor. It's because it's not financially feasible. Right. And those that are are people that have you know, been doing takeout or delivery. But once we get indoor, you're going to see everybody, whether they've done alfresco or not, trying to
1: find a way to be creative outdoors so that they can make up for the capacity they're losing indoors. Now, right now, the governor um, and I'm there every day, and I'll be there today. I'm just trying to think. Uh, I think she said on Friday that mid June, because I was even the one that asked her about it. Mid June is when there may be maybe some form of inside dining. Is that your understanding as well, Rick? Well, yesterday at the press conference, if you were there, you heard
3: that I think a couple of reporters at the end got questions in because she was, you know, the app took a lot of time yesterday. Yes. Um, and she said that it, she said that the coalition's letter to the guests was a fair a fair ask so we and she said that her team is working on that and that she's going to do everything she can to make it happen. So we took that as a very optimistic sign yesterday because if, if we have to if we're waiting till the middle of June it's it's going to be
1: devastating Yeah and that'll- it's,
3: it's been traumatic right, It's been traumatic right now John, but like I told you it's I've got people that are mortgaging their houses people that are trying to find secondary incomes to bring into this. Our industry for restaurants in Rhode Island is short of amazing. And we've got to do what we can. And the flip side is, is that guests need to, A, feel comfortable and trust us. And that's why this letter was to them, is that if they're not, there's no point in anything we're doing.
1: Right. You know what else? I'm just, you know, Providence can be difficult anyway. Boy, what a difference, Rick Simone, from last summer. I mean, the P-Pack had Hamilton, and then in the fall, Trinity had, you know, the print the uh, Buddy Cianci story, the Prince of Providence. And now P-Pack closed, Trinity closed, no signs. Both of their business models are broken for the conceivable future. Providence summertime restaurants can be tough the Hill, places like Venda, you know, people do go up and they have the music series on Wednesday, Thursday. But I'm just thinking of two places that are very popular on the Hill. One is the Old Canteen. Well, actually three even. One, the Old Canteen, Camille's, and Angelo's. And I don't think I don't think either of those three have any form of outdoor dining. It's all inside. Uh,
3: Camille's has a really nice patio in the back. Oh, okay. And they also have a, a very big lot. Okay. Yeah, so I know Camille's is considering what to be able to do with that. But I, I'm not sure if you've heard, but we've developed plans. Yeah, you know, we have over we have about 54 license holders on Federal Hill. Yep. That's, that's a really hard, large amount in a very in a dense it's a density in a very small area. Yep. So we've come up with plans on the creative side that we are going to be closing Federal Hill to move the restaurants outdoors to at least a couple of days a week. And our goal is to be able to do it for several months because it's really the only way we're going to help our guys on the hill stay in
1: business to increase their occupancy outside you're right that's a big part of it and uh, brick before i let you go i'll I'll tell you just and i I think it's so unfair and i have been vocal about this with the governor folks again we're speaking with rick simone put together the coalition before i let him go i'm going to ask him if you're listening right now and you're a business and you want to jump in on this coalition i'm going to let him tell you how you can do that but rick what i don't understand is for instance and i asked this of the governor i said i think it's unfair to treat I'm just going to give two examples. Narragansett, I'm going to say Newport. I think you're ahead of Newport. To treat them the same as, for instance, Central Falls is a huge hotspot. We know that. But it's a mile long. Providence is another huge hotspot. But only certain pockets of Providence. For instance, not the east side, but it's more in like Oneyville, Silver Lake, South Providence, over near the Cranston Street Armory. Newport at one point only had 39 cases, no deaths, just 39 positive cases, people asymptomatic. It just seems crazy to me. Newport is shut down, and you're treating Newport the same as you're treating Providence and Central Falls. That that doesn't make sense to me, Rick Simone.
3: No, and I, and I
1: get where you're coming from, John,
3: and, I, and there's people that have definitely voiced that thought process, but I think the overall support from the industry is everyone wants to see every city and town get back up to the best of their ability. Like I said, the, the point of this coalition is for all of us to advocate for each other, um, and I think that the individual in the cities and town are taking their cue from the governor. They're, I don't want to say that they're um, timid about it, but I think that they feel that it helps, um, especially for financial assistance that's
1: going to come later on if they sure. get all the cues from the governor. I agree. Now, how can people, if someone's listening right now, watching on Facebook Live, they say, I like what Rick Simone's doing. I want to be part of this coalition. How can they get involved?
3: The, the easiest thing is I can give you my, my email and that's why I'm trying to get every night follow up on the emails and talk sure. to people. It's Rick, R-I-C-K, at E-G-N-L-L-C dot com. So Rick at
1: E-G-N-L-L-C dot com. And Rick, before I let you go, boy, it sounds like uh, June 1st is Judgment Day here. If some of the restaurants on June 1st, if they are not allowed inside dining, or just a promise that starting in June they'll let indoor dining, it sounds like that could that could be lights out for a lot of restaurants. It's-
3: Going to be very very challenging. I, I mean, I've yeah. got people that are literally just waiting to get this information so they know how
1: they can survive. Okay, hey Rick, keep up the good work. I'm going to keep talking to you through this. Okay. Sounds good, John. Thank you very much. All right, folks. Rick Simone again, folks. He is trying. There is someone um, who, uh, I, I mean, it, that that is a tough one. But June 1st is the deadline. Now, I I don't know about the inside dining. I just I don't. And what I mean by that is. Outside dining is available, but I'm I'm just trying to be objective and realistic. And many people, if we're going to be honest about this, are just hesitant to to go to a restaurant. People right now, they're okay with takeout, and they're okay with the grocery store, but people are skittish, and with good reason, folks. We've been frightened. We have been, uh, you know, you you have been. Everyone has been beaten down. People are frightened. People are scared. People have been told exactly what could happen. Now the latest, right now, Rhode Island Health Department reports six more deaths from the coronavirus. So that is way down. So the question now is just what exactly is standing in the way of um, of when things start to reopen? I mean, and and but the inside dining, I want to repeat that that is that's a problem. The inside dining, without question, is a problem, and it's not. I don't mean I. And I see I see people in Florida that are dining inside and people say if they can do that in Florida, why can't they they do it here? Um, But what I think you're going to start to see And right now, it's uh, uh, 1246. Excuse me. Good afternoon. Uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is going to join me coming up at one. Governor Mundo press briefing is at 230 today. I will be doing a Facebook live uh, before that. But something that it comes down to is, see, here's what I think is going to happen is, and we're going to get used to this, and that is that they're going to start to reopen things. And the tracing is going to be very important because you're going to hear about outbreaks. You are. You're going to hear about, and let's just, I'm going to remove it out of Rhode Island. Let's just say you were living in Florida. You do have restaurants open, but you're going to hear about that a number of people, it's almost going to be like they contact you that there was food poisoning. That we have learned that someone was in the restaurant Saturday night and uh, they have tested positive. So you need to to get tested. I think that's what it's going to become. We can't stay locked down. We can't. And it doesn't make sense for everyone to be locked down. Why would you be locked down if 98% of the people are completely fine. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Who goes to the hospital? Sick people go to the hospital. Does everyone go to the hospital? No. Who does? Sick people. But right now, it's like everybody's at the hospital, folks. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by AE Mazika Insurance Services. I'll tell you, Scott and Alex, and it's so simple. They want to help you save money, give yourself a raise. Imagine two hundred dollars extra month, three hundred dollars extra month. A.E. Insurance Services, call them 401-353-9300, 401-353-9300, A.E. Mazzica Insurance Services, 1529 Mineral Spring Avenue in North Providence. You can call for a free consultation this time of year. By the way, they're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. This time of year, you need insurance on your motorcycle, on your boat, on jet skis, Right. Uh, maybe it's an off-terrain off, off vehicle or, or a camper. A.E. Mazeker Insurance Services. Why not call them right now? If someone on Facebook Live would jot down the number in the comments, 353-9300. Free consultation. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Let them help you save money. Imagine $200 extra a month. That's like giving yourself $2,500 a year. How about $300 extra a month? A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. 353-9300. All right, right now, I also want to play, folks. This story is so disturbing. NBC 10 had it, and this is one of the reasons why I advocate for you to call. And right now, you can get $50 off a water filter from Water Filter Company. And for those that wonder, what's the, the big deal? How about in northern Rhode Island? The amount of lead that is being found in water.
4: And tonight, it's causing concern for Providence water customers. The IT's Katie Davis shows us what it means and what you can do. The Situate Reservoir is pristine, providing water to 75,000 homes. I
2: do want to stress, we do not have lead at the purification plant. We do not have lead... And a transmission and distribution system.
4: But lead could still be in the water in some homes, especially those built before 1947. That's because of aging supply lines, interior pipes and fixtures. Providence Water just released test results as required twice a year. Samples showed lead above the federal action level in 35 homes out of about 300 tested.
2: There is not a documented case that I am aware of of anyone getting lead poisoning from ingesting our water
4: that's what happened in flint michigan raising concerns across the country if somebody is thinking about what happened in flint what do you want them to know
2: That's not Providence Water. (laughs) Not even
4: close. 11,000 locations have lead lines on the public side. The utility is replacing about 600 each year. 28,000 customers have lead pipes or fixtures inside their homes that should be replaced. But at a cost of about $4,000, many families can't afford to do that. Providence Water offers a 0% loan for three years. And Caruolo says he's working to expand that to 10 years as soon as possible. In the meantime...
2: Another option is to possibly flush your line for three to five minutes until the water runs cold.
4: Providence Water will send you a free test kit to check whether or not there is lead in your home. The number to call is 521
1: Oh, What a disgrace. I mean, what you want to do, this is another example why. Now, right now, as disturbing as that is, I'll tell you the solution right now. The solution is do what I did. Have a water filter installed in your home. And right now, there's never been a better time to do that with our friend Steve at Water Filter Company. And by being one of my listeners, you will receive $50 off. Here he is. Hi, this is
2: Steve at Water Filter Company. You heard John speak about his. Now you can own your own $249 drinking water system for just $199. That's $50 off. This ends May 29th, 2020. Call Water Filter Company, say John's name, save 50 bucks, and you get all the safe, clean water you can ever need. I don't have enough time to discuss all the benefits here, but, Will, when you call, don't let this deal go by. Call Water Filter Company, 294-2400, save 50 bucks. It all ends May 29th,
1: 2020. 294-2400, 294-2400. At least call for free consultation, 294 294- 2400 and find out about having a water filter installed in your home For right now it's 12:52, so the schedule is coming up at one o'clock we're gonna have the one o'clock news on the other side dan mcgowan of the boston globe will do our segment with dan and we're going to touch on uh, some great topics whether it be uh governor mundo's popularity and uh outdoor dining the new app that the governor talks about um the general assembly where things are going and a lot more hey i want to remind you about our friends at brother's disposal Maybe you're saying, and everyone's been spending more time inside, and we don't know what's going to happen going next. Here's what I know. I know that you're going to want to be able to utilize your home as much as possible. So why not use this opportunity to do real spring cleaning and get rid of some unwanted belongings? Maybe, you know, I hate to use the word junk, but just some things that you haven't used in a while. And call Brother's Disposal, and they can deliver a dumpster right to your home or business. Roland is just terrific. Call them 688-0517. 688-0517. Look for them on Facebook. They have the Laker colors, yellow and purple, Brothers Disposal. And think about it. So you call them at 688-0517, Brothers Disposal, and talk to them. Tell them what you're thinking of doing. Maybe you want to clean out your garage Or maybe you want to clean out your basement or your attic. Or just some things that you've accumulated and you say, this is crazy. It's taking up space. We need the space. I want to utilize this space. Get rid of it. On Emma's old tea set that you've never taken out of the box. They'll deliver a dumpster right to your domicile. And then you put your unwanted belongings or whatever, rusted tricycles, old broken toys, Things you're never going to use, old furniture, and then just clean out. It's a great feeling. Oh, my God. Brother's Disposal, 688-0517. I received a nice email from one of our listeners, Lisa, who said, you know, John, you finally motivated me. I cleaned out my home. I can't believe the amount of stuff we had old decorations that i had been given from an old aunt that were never taken out of the box seven boxes of old dusty rusted christmas decorations taking up valuable room folks brothers disposal. they came lisa's home put a dumpster there her and her kids and her husband they threw all the stuff in the dumpster she also said she then cleaned out her garage she clouded out her basement so now her kids are home they're using the basement more they can clean They can play, excuse me, and utilize the space. She said the garage is incredible. It's like they gained so much. She didn't realize how many things they had that they weren't even using or wearing. Brothers Disposal. And then they came. Roland and Brothers Disposal came with the big truck. and They took the dumpster away. Go on. 688-0517. Reclaim that home. Reclaim your basement. Reclaim your attic or your garage brother's disposal same thing with uh jim sent me a nice email he was doing a household project while he was home and uh needed you know he didn't want a million trips to the dump so he got a dumpster to help him with this uh small household project that he's doing and it worked out great now they maybe you need the dumpster for a weekend maybe you need it for a week but i do know you could call brother's disposal today 688-0517-688-0517 for brothers oh brother brother's disposal First, right now it's twelve fifty six. Again, we're going to have the one o'clock news. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe joins me next hour. Governor Amundo press briefing coming up. That is at two thirty this afternoon. Um, I'm just looking at some headlines. Summer scary models predict quarter million dead by August. Flights still arrive from China in Europe. Um, let's see. Uh, there's uh, obviously a big ongoing fight right now with uh, the people that are criticizing president trump and his son uh white house now predicts swift economic recovery boy that would be terrific mortgage applications point to sharp rise in home buying boy that's very good news as a matter of fact uh cdc sources administration putting politics at a science trump allies lining up doctors to prescribe rapid reopening campaign eyes return to mega rallies Oh, boy, how great would that be? Folks, I've been telling you. Moonshot mission. Trump campaign's eyes are return to mega rallies. I miss the Trump rallies. And I, I've told you, I already talked to them. My plan is that I'm going to uh, travel wherever they have the first Trump rally in the United States. I plan to um, go and cover it. Trump campaign has an order from the president to find a way to get him back on the road into mega rallies. Recent meeting. He's questioned why he's avoiding campaign events, if it's safe for him to travel. He visited two medical facilities. Um, he held three rallies in the three days at the end of February. Now, I was at that rally in New Hampshire. For the end of the month, they hope to organize a series of virtual events. I've talked about this, that we may utilize uh, the Rustic Drive-In as a place that you could all gather. And the way that we've talked about it with the White House, with the campaign, excuse me, with the campaign, is we'd have a local... Some local speeches, and then boom, the big screen shows up, and then they have a Trump rally at uh, both – there's a drive-in in in Westerly, and then there's one in Lincoln. I know the president is anxious to uh, get back out onto the trail. I'm not sure right now how they could do the rallies as far as everyone in person, unless everyone kind of stays in their cars. Hey, listen, speaking of President Trump, someone asked me – I received an email from – her name is – uh boom 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 from Lindsay. John John DePetro, i love your show. Uh, folks, you can always email me, John at Where can I get the Trump soda and Trump donuts? Uh, my friend told me about them, and I'm not sure where it is. Lindsay, you can get Trump chocolate donuts that are delicious. I can vouch for that. And Trump soda and a lot of other delicious things. The, the answer to your question is you can get it at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, look for them on Facebook, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, where they also have delicious uh, calzones, they have delicious pizza, but the Trump chocolate donuts and Trump soda, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, look for them, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right next to AAA in Providence. Folks, coming up on the 1 o'clock news, Dan McGowan. Of the Boston Globe joins me next. You don't want to miss it. The Power Hour is next. If you miss anything or want to get in touch with me, go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, the official website of you-know-who. Again, we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Right now, it's 1 o'clock.